Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Greetings, Grapple fans, and welcome to another edition of the Pro Wrestling Index right here on the Anfield Index podcast channel, uh, episode 70, I believe. Uh, and tonight, uh, it's, of course, myself, Andy Wales, uh, joined once again tonight by a good friend, Guy Drinkle, stepping into the breach uh, as part of the uh, the three-man gang, and, and one of them's stepped aside, Mo Chatra, who... Uh, is has had a busy day, so we'll we'll leave them all alone. <laughs> but guy, you're, you you've you've I've tagged you in. We're we're three man tag teams. So I've I've tagged you in, and we're going to go back over No Mercy, aren't we? Unfortunately, <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. There you go. Yes. There there you go, folks. That that's just how good it was. Um. Uh, well, that's it. No beating around the bush here, then. Guy, I mean, I've got to say, look, it, it's been a bit of a theme uh, over the uh, probably about the last year with WWE. We, we've come into some of the pay-per-views, and it's been quite a recurring theme, actually, where we're talking about how bad the build-up is and, you know, it, it, not looking forward to um, the events. And and then we get to the event and lo and behold, it's actually really good. And it surprises us in a pleasant way. Uh, not all of them, but, you know, quite a few in fairness. This for me was the total opposite, you know, polar opposite mm. in, in many regards. It, it wasn't a terrible show. It wasn't like a really bad show or anything like that. The build up, you know, to the to the the two main matches on the card, the two big WrestleMania quality matches as they were portrayed you know the build-up was really really good it was impressive i was looking forward to it and maybe because i was looking forward to it i felt so let down i mean on the whole how did you did you find the show before we start you know getting into the crux of it i i have to echo what you've just said really i mean i don't think anyone can um say anything else other than it was a letdown i mean there was there was there was two good matches in my opinion, or borderline very good matches. But the two, the two main events, as you said, were were disappointing for numerous reasons. I mean, the build up 
was fantastic, but it was just a damp squib in the end, wasn't it? It it was just it was it was annoying and a letdown because they got um they got the decision the uh, winner wrong in in the main event and I, the but just the just the way it went from high quality wrestling to a finish a spot fest very quickly and and then well the Brock versus uh, Braun match was just that was horrendously poor. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> for every reason, that was horrendously poor. Yeah, I, I mean, in terms of you know who wins, who loses, yeah, to an extent, you could say yeah. Certain in certain instances, it's particularly important. In other instances, it might not necessarily matter who you know who actually wins or loses if it's done in the right way. You know, you can create whatever drama you want from that. But, um, but yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll get to the dynamics of each one as we go through. Let, let's start with the first match of the night. The Intercontinental Championship being defended by The Miz with his Miz Taraj um, up against Jason Jordan. This was one that I wasn't interested in beforehand. The crowd weren't particularly interested during it, and I've got to say I wasn't interested throughout it either. And and that's that's a shame because for one, it's the Intercontinental title, and and as a fan of a certain age, and I've been watching this for so long now, the Intercontinental title was revered. You know, it was it was they were always great to watch, and it's you know Mrs done an affable job with the title over the past couple of years, mm. whether it be, you know, whatever title, you know, he, he's done well over the past couple of the years, but Jason Jordan, as talented as he is, and he is, the guy's a talent and he's a really good wrestler and his suplexes are fantastic. It just, it, it isn't working. And and I just wonder if it's the, 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 how ridiculously stupid the you know this the storyline surrounding him being Kurt Angle's son kind of takes people out of his character because it's just not in any way believable. You can't suspend your disbelief for this, and to the point where people just—it's so silly that they just don't care. Yeah, I mean, I said I can't. I think it was three or four weeks ago when I was last on. Um, I was I was giving praise to Jason Jordan. He obviously had the two the two matches against Cena and uh, Reigns, and as we both said, it it kind of brushed aside the Kurt Angle um, stuff, and then in the space of two weeks, it's just all came rushing back. I mean, you've seen Kurt Angle coming out doing uh, doing his stupid entrance. You've seen Miz um, argue with Kurt, bringing. Your dad, basically your dad jokes and stuff like that. I know it's a PG show, but Jesus Christ, it was pathetic. Um, it it just and and on that show, I said I enjoyed that stuff, and the Miz stuff wasn't working. I mean, this just kind of compounded that. It it just didn't. It just doesn't work. I mean, Jason Jordan lacks charisma in and out of the ring. There's a couple nice spots in there. I mean, the triple uh, or the double Northern Lights um, suplex is very good. Um, 
it, there's just not there's not a whole lot of excitement there, and I think Miz obviously has the capabilities of working with someone, but he's not going he's never going to put on a hugely entertaining match. I mean, he can put on entertaining feuds, but he's never going to lead the way in a match. He just isn't. But yeah, Miz has been a very good champion over the last couple of years. He's probably been one of the only Intercontinental Champions who's actually done anything um, of note. But yeah, I mean, I don't want to see this anymore. And I don't know if we're going to talk about Raw, but <laughs> the direction of Miz and the Miz to Raj isn't, isn't going to get any better by the sounds of it. Um, yeah. It's uh, it just didn't work. I, I thought you made a good. I, I think you made a good point there. You know, with Jason John, that he doesn't seem to. He, he lacks charisma in and out of the ring, and and that's the thing is, in the ring, you know, connecting with the crowd, doing, you know, having something that 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 really sort of draws a crowd into your character. And I think that that was the why there was the pairing with Chad Gable because Gable does have that charisma, mm. and uh, you know, but what Gable doesn't, you know, and Gable has the you know, the ability in the ring as well, and he can talk, but what he doesn't have is that size. So them two together were a nice blend as a tag team, and that worked. Obviously, the, 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 they just see something in him, and athletically, I can totally understand them seeing something in him and wanting to go with him. But this direction is really not working, his, and I think... Uh, his interview the only... after the match didn't help at all. No, well, that was that was kind of very subtle sort of hint towards heel. And, and I'm, I was just going to say is the only thing I think that can help him here and really sort of be a godsend for him is, is if this is all just a ruse, it was all just a, a plan that he cooked up as a way to get himself in a prominent spot on raw. And he'll come across as an absolute, you know, monster. He'll, that people hate him because, you know, he's abused um, a Hall of Famer, a legend, oh. you know, he's tricked him, you know, and, and that way they can dispense of this whole stupid storyline. But also it'll get some heat, it'll get some tension, it'll get the crowd actually engaged and caring about his character, even if it is to boo him, you know. So it's, for me, that's the, the only the only logical step forward Probably not in the, the the very near future. Maybe that's a, a slightly longer term to draw it out for a maximum impact. But you know that that's the only way forward. I think really for Jason Jordan because, like you've said, you know the the charisma thing will be an issue for him and it will hold him back. Yeah, I think the more he loses, um, the more he's going to become a heelish. And then uh, I think they've always got that in the bag in turning in turning on Kurt because Kurt's always going to be loved until he, he tweaks his character or whatever, but I don't think they need to. I think they just need to see less of him, as, as we've said um, recently. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think you've got two ways to go with Jordan. Keep him losing so he gets more um, annoyed, or eventually he wins a mid-card title, um, and then, in a celebration, he, he eventually tells the, he tells the truth that it's all, it's all been... BS and he, turn, he turns on Kurt and then I don't know could that lead to him mm. feuding with Chad Gable if not Kurt handpicks someone who can represent him or if they really want if they really want to go big on Jason Jordan if Kurt Angle can get in the ring there's a feud there um, well maybe that's what it's all built towards maybe that's the the grand plan you know a WrestleMania match for them too who knows who knows 
Anyway, yeah, next one is Finn Balor defeating Bray Wyatt. Um, we skipped this one. This, yeah, now this was the man, Finn Balor, not the demon. Oh, sorry, the demon king. You know, and this is despite of us already actually seeing Bray Wyatt and Finn Balor. You know, not dressed as the demon, just Finn Balor as Finn Balor. You know, we've seen that before a few times, we, and this is the thing we've seen this numerous times now. It's not helping either guy. It's particularly not helping Finn Balor. Uh, he needs to get away from Bray Wyatt as quickly as possible. But yeah, it's it, like you said, you know, as you hit this was there. It, it wasn't good, was it? No, it was terrible. I mean, I can't even remember one one thing that happened in the match. Um, yeah, it was terrible. I'm actually quite a fan of Bray Wyatt. I think his career has been horrendously booked. I know, I know, uh, Mo isn't a fan at all, and never really has been. But in in term, in for me, the, he's probably been one of the biggest letdowns from NXT. I mean, he should have been in in the early stages. He was probably the hottest property. I, mean, I know it's under the same umbrella, obviously, but he was one of the ones everyone was looking forward to, and his his start was alright with Kane and then after that it's just gone downhill ever since it, it's just it's just had too many failed opportunities and then they give them the, we were talking um, before we started recording how the WWE title run was an opportunity to fix his career and they just they just took the piss didn't they <laughs> but yeah, yeah I mean brilliant. I mean having um uh, Finn Balor, uh, got bloody similar names <laughs> getting mixed up. Um, Finn, yeah, he needs to get away from Wyatt. And it, it, the whole thing with the demon, uh, Finn, it, it just seems wasted now. They should have ended it there because obviously the de- the demon version of Finn Balor is meant to be special. I mean, we've we only seen it at SummerSlam in in yeah. the, in the main. Um, roster so yeah it's clearly meant to be special but they keep going on about it every like if he's going to roll yeah. out every pay-per-view as the demon it's going to be stupid um well it's, i think it was that balance on nxt where he would come out at nxt on tv tapings he would just be in normal attire and when it came to the ta- the the takeover events he was in the paint uh, and it was the nice balance, and the fans love the entrance. And it obviously, you know, there was the different characters he uses as well in there. So it's all of that is still in the locker that they can use. Yeah. But what they really need to do is get him with someone else, someone that compliments him, a reason for him to be getting excited and for us to be getting excited about Finn Balor again, because the guy is a great, great competitor. And, and right now he's been absolutely wasted. Yeah, where, where do you think's best for him? I mean, he's obviously not going to work with Miz now because I don't. We'll probably get onto it, but the whole Shield bullshit. Um, I did that. I mean, I think that's still a possibility because yeah. I, I think that that whole thing with um, with the Shield. I mean, there's rumours of a reunion there. I wonder whether that's them just kind of teasing and they're not going to do that. But then if they do, if they, if they do, then I don't know how far away Samoa Joe is from return. Yeah. That's, that's what was, that was my, you know, if, even if it's a long way down the line, once Samoa Joe's back, you can put them two together and you know, it works because they've worked with each other before. 
perhaps maybe you know just maybe it's uh, it's a run at the uh, universal title um you know it's the whole david versus goliath story um but i don't think that would help finn balor because I, i don't see them taking the title off off brock just yet so well we know who's going to take the title off brock don't we well, there's yeah, no, there's no other option after. Well, yes, we're going to get on to it. There's no other option now, is there? Anyway, speaking of the Shield, uh, that takes us to the uh, the tag team championships. To the positive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's get the positive. Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins successfully defending uh, the Raw Tag Team titles against The Bar, Cesaro and Sheamus. I've got to say, um, Guy, I really enjoyed this match. I thought this was a really good match. I thoroughly enjoyed it. And we had that spot in there, that, that I guess the spot that this um, pay-per-view will probably be most remembered for. Uh, Cesaro jarring his teeth oh. four millimetres up into his upper jaw. Oh, I mean, the fact that he had such a good match with teeth pushed up into his bloody head. It, I mean, if he doesn't, if he doesn't get a title shot, in a, if he doesn't get a singles run soon, I don't know what more he can do. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, this was the best match of the night. I mean, I don't, I don't think many people would disagree with that. But Cesaro and Sheamus. It, it, it's worked so perfectly. I don't think anyone expected it to work this well. And uh, the the two Shield guys, I think they've probably always had natural... I know they weren't the original tag team in the Shield, but they probably always have natural chemistry from the uh, 3v3s and everything they did. But this feud's been excellent. I mean, it carried... It carried a, well, but tag team division on both brands has, covered, has uh, carried both shows for a, a long while now. And... Uh, this match was just perfect, and the the best spot other than the uh, the teeth incident was uh, uh, Rollins Frankensteiner into a power bomb. That that was that was beautiful. It was <laughs> it was just perfect. And uh, oh, I, what about the um, the white noise followed oh, yeah. by Cesaro <laughs> power bombing <laughs> Rollins on Ambrose that was a that was a brilliant spot I mean really speaking that that that's a, the type of spot that finishes a match that's oh. the the only, if I was going to be really nitpicky I'd say you know that that should finish the match but you know that's being picky it was it, it was thoroughly enjoyable I mean these guys just seem to keep coming up with new things to do to each other they're, they're I'm, I'm guessing they're enjoying working with each other because it seems to come across that way yeah absolutely i mean i don't know where well we know where they're going um or seemingly going but the bar i don't know how long cesaro can't wrestle um with his i think the saying he's had an injury uh, having surgery on his teeth and uh is Seamus actually going to do a film, or is he just hanging about? <laughs> the thing is, he can he can do a movie around the schedule yeah. for TV not, tapings. I'm sure star. he's not going to be the star, is he? I mean, he won't have the biggest of roles. Um, so yeah, I hope they stay on TV, and I hope Cesaro gets back in the ring um, pretty soon because with Jeff Hardy being injured, um, 
the tag team division on Raw is looking very light. Um, well, it is on SmackDown as well. <laughs> we've yeah, had, I, we've had this discussion many a time. Um, yeah, but that, that's yeah, a good we, point with with the Jeff Hardy injury and the revival injuries. Oh, yeah, I forgot it, about it basically leaves the the three teams. So mm. it. You know, perhaps there's the opening there. I smell a white family reunion. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say perhaps there's the you know the the opportunity there for Gallows and Anderson to have ah, yeah, uh, a yeah. short run with uh, with Rollins and Ambrose. But um, who knows? I mean, do you, do you think there's anything in the rumours then of the of the Shield? And obviously that was a bit of a tease on on Raw because you know the 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 question was asked. To Reigns, wasn't it? it? Was put to him about that, and he was just kind of, eh, you know, they're doing their thing, I'm doing my thing. And then there was the, you know, the whole Mr. Raj beatdown. So, do do you think that there's anything in that, or are they just teasing us? Unfortunately, I think it's actually going to happen. Um, does... Are they that desperate for people to to try and get people to cheer for for Reigns? Possibly, but. <laughs> There's there's nothing there's nothing anymore to uh, carry the show. Uh, I mean, we had the on Raw we had the bloody cruiserweights as the main as the main event of the of the show. I mm. mean, the Shield reunion is is clearly just a short plan to fill a feud. Cause well, Lesnar's not going to be here till I don't know Rumble time, whenever. Um, so the Universal Champion's not going to be about the Intercontinental Championships. I know they have a match on Raw. Um, it it's taken up Reigns. Strowman seemingly got no one. Um, I know they. I know he's going to be fighting um, Rawlins next week. So it may not be just the Miz Taraj against the Shield. They may have Strowman involved somehow. But they're seemingly going to put a lot into this feud. Like a lot of the top end talent, and I don't know how I don't know how that's going to impact the rest of the show, but some people are going to have to just going to have to up the game, um, because if there's so much going into this one feud, there's the women can do only what so much. I mean, Asuka's coming in, so maybe that'll help a bit. But outside of that, there's not really much excitement on Raw now from what it was two weeks ago, where you had Strowman being absolute phenomenal TV and uh, I'm not looking forward I'm not looking forward to Raw anymore I mean we talked last time how it's upped its game and now it's just feeling terrible again absolutely Mm, terrible yeah it dropped dropped down a touch I I think I mean unfortunately it tends to be that the go home shows are are non-events now Mm. that that tends to be the case anyway Uh, and then Rather than any kind of real excitement being set up at a pay per view, you know, sort of closing, closing off feuds and you know, un, and opening up an exciting new chapter, and, and you think to how NXT, you know, finished the, you know, the the last takeover, you know, that that whole thing, you're thinking, God, I can't wait to the next event now yeah. to find out why and what's happened. There was none of that, so there's no anticipation to to head into tv and um, i mean that that's it we maybe have to just give it a chance and see how it goes but 
the concern is again that it's we're going to go through this bit of a lull while it's samey samey for a few weeks and then they decide to start picking it up again as we head towards as we start to get um survivor series mm. in the on the horizon so i think the fortunate thing for raw is the next pay-per-views tlc so they can probably just string together oh, random matches and make it entertaining fest yeah like not you, looking you, forward to it. No, I'm not. I mean, the only thing at the moment is Asuka. I, I don't know how long away the pay-per-view is, but we re- Raw really needs some more Joe back. There's no... Yeah. There's, now that Strowman's been um, castrated to a certain point, there's no heel there anymore. Uh, Cena's buggered off. <laughs> it, the... the uh, Roster's been cut in half by one pay-per-view. <laughs> it's not mm. great. It's going to be curious to see what they do. And just to move things along then, the the Women's Championship was up next. Um, a five-way, a fatal five-way match uh, just kind of thrown together. Uh, the way that it was built wasn't particularly good. I mean, Alexa Bliss against Bailey, Emma, Nia Jax and Sasha Banks and I, I said last week. Look, I, I didn't hold up much hope for this. I thought it would just be a bit of a cluster mm. and wouldn't be too much. I've got to say, it really, really overdelivered. Uh, you know, pleasantly surprised me. I, I've got to say, I, I wasn't expecting much. As, you know, I wasn't expecting much at all from it. But I thought it was good. I thought it was really good. What you know, what they did. For those 10 minutes, it was so well-paced and, it, you know, there were some good spots in there and it was just, that was an entertaining 10 minutes. Yeah, I mean, it was the opposite of the two main events. The the booking, uh, the build was horrendous and the match was really good. It it, it got, it um, helped Nia Jax develop because she dominated the match, as you'd expect from the big competitor. Um the one who suffered from it was Bailey, obviously. Um, Emma, I think. I think this has really helped Emma. I don't know where she goes from this, obviously, but I think Emma's definitely got potential. I mean, people who enjoyed her on NXT probably have known that for a while, but Emma's definitely capable of having a feud with someone. So the women's yeah, division I, on Raw. They have to get behind her, though, don't they? Yeah, but, you I mean, know, we, the, what we like you mentioned NXT there. We've seen on NXT. Not only can she, you know, do it in the ring, but she has actually got a personality. You know, that it's there. If you just let her do it, let, I mean, let her do her stuff and let, you know, the with the right type of booking as well, it's very important, isn't it? She's probably the most market, marketable out of them. I mean, if they did Bailey right, she'd be very marketable. But look at Emma. She's probably, this is going to sound very mannish, but she's very, she's very attractive. She's good on the mic. She's unique because she's Australian. I, I don't know how big the Australian market is in wrestling, but she she's just unique, and she is she can she's pretty much one of the best all rounders. I mean, Bailey's been done really really bad on the main um, main roster. Sasha's been destroyed by having <laughs> a one week <laughs> reigns every time. Um, Nia's seemingly getting avoided. I don't know if they're going to try and build Asuka versus Nia. Um, and Alexa's doing very well. I mean, I think there is a there is a gap for Emma to 
I don't know, feud with Sasha or Bailey. But I'd 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 be wanting Emma to go clean over one of these big people just to get get her actually um, legitimised. Mm, well, I think the, the what curious thing in the match though was, I mean, like you said, look. Nia Jax came out of it looking really good. She looked very, very strong. The, the mm. spots they did with her, she had a few big spots. She got to, you know, show the power. She she came out of that match looking really good. We know, obviously, Alexa does does what she does, and she's she has improved massively, you know, and the way that she kept the title, it kind of emphasizes her character. But in there, there was that kind of the sub story, you know, that that was going on. And that's, mm. and that is the teasing, the beginning, you know, the tease of, of Sasha and Bailey, you know, breaking that friendship. You know, they were pulling each other off the pins. So it was, um, I, I think that there's a nice little uh, sub story there. And I, I guess that's, that's what we're looking to go for for the future. Uh, and we'll finally, hopefully, we will finally get Sasha back to the heel persona that I think she's the most comfortable with uh, and we can have a, a cracking match between them two again yeah and I think the best thing about that feud is that it doesn't need the title if it's done properly and, and that's a big if obviously with uh, WWE um, but it it doesn't need the title and I, I was just talking obviously there how Raw's not looking pretty but if they wanted to go big on big on a main event feud that isn't the Intercontinental title whilst there's nothing else here um, I'd, you could run with Bailey vs Sasha as a main event picture I don't know, it's a gamble but they've got nothing else they've got nothing else at all so if they wanted to push that as the main event and obviously different, different every week and all that, they could I mean, it's a good point that they were teasing the heel turn Um. But it, it it needs something. It, it it needs something. I mean, Sasha's suffered as a face, and Bailey's been done poorly. And this is this is the feud that made, but probably helped both their careers get to the point they are. Because this this feud was what probably this is probably what started the women's revolution, as they keep calling it, properly. Because this main evented a pay per view or whatever you call takeovers. It 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 was just absolutely. Um, it was just absolutely phenomenal, and if they and if they can do that, in, I I don't know if TLC is the right venue for it, but if they keep that, well, just just do an Iron Woman match again. <laughs> it's it's lazy, <laughs> they, they, it's lazy booking, but you know it can carry a show. Those look those two, the, those matches that they had, they, they are some of the best matches of that year. I, I really really enjoyed them. They they were fantastic. And if they can recapture that, absolutely right. It doesn't actually need a title, and because they, like you say, you've got Asuka coming back. There's this kind of whole thing in the background with Nia Jax. So there is an opportunity there for perhaps, you know, maybe it will be around about uh, Survivor Series time uh, and beyond. Maybe oh. building up towards a rumble, we you know we could have some absolutely fantastic uh, women's division matches on Raw, and and let's hope that's the case because they have some fantastic athletes there. They're great wrestlers as well. Now that's the thing, you know, not not just eye candy, actual wrestlers, 
hey, you know, all round performance. Uh, and it's and it's right that they should be showcased in the right way and, and given the right kind of booking and material to work with as well. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So that at that point of the show, it was uh, attention turning to the big main events. So Sam seems like a perfect time to uh, to bring him out our third member of the gang, and Mo Chatra. Welcome along, Mo. Evening all. Um, as we recall this, better late than never. Apologies <laughs> for uh, the fashionably late he's, arrival. He's 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 the John Cena of uh, of podcasting. You know, he's a part timer now. He just comes in for the main events. <laughs> <laughs> well, absolutely. Yeah, that's uh, it's the fashion that he's setting now. He's a trendsetter, and we've got to follow suit, haven't I? So, <laughs> goodness. Uh, we, you haven't missed much. Um, we've just been talking about No Mercy. <laughs> I've been missing teeth. Uh, so uh, yeah, we, we, I mean we've got through we've got through the main part of the card, but it brings us nicely on to to um, the first of the main events. Um, we'll we'll squeeze the cruiserweight title in, in the middle of that as well. So the first part of that is John Cena versus Roman Reigns. Now. In keeping with what I said at the start of the show is uh, building up towards this event, uh, I felt that it was kind of the reverse of of what some of these um, pay-per-views have been over the past year for WWE, where we'd had terrible build-up to shows, not looking forward to them, and then they'd over-delivered and they'd been really enjoyable. I felt that this was a show where the build-up was really strong, but it was kind of disappointing ultimately. And for me, this was one of those matches where the, the build-up was fantastic between Cena and Reigns, really great until they got in the ring. And I, I've got a feeling we, we might disagree on this one more. We just might, we just might. But uh, I'll let you carry on. Well, I mean, I, I guess I've given it away there, yeah. I... I wasn't impressed. I didn't think it was bad. I didn't think it was terrible or anything like that. But it just it just felt like a letdown for me. It was just a bit of a disappointment. It wasn't it didn't feel it didn't feel like we were actually witnessing a special match. The build up was special, but then when we were actually in the ring and the bell rang, it didn't feel too special to me. Yeah, so obviously I, I disagree. Um I thought it was a, a superb match. I really did enjoy it, and um, here's why. I mean, it didn't feel like one of these classic um, great matches, if you see what I mean. So, Rock you think back to, Holman, for example. Uh, um, yes, I mean, it didn't have that kind of same aura, but at the same time, um, look at the reaction of the fans. Um, they were on their feet and um, going absolutely apeshit on some of those amazing near falls. And I think that's what um, I think a lot of people had a problem with is that um, for a lot of people, um, it was near fall overdrive and overkill because, you know, we had Roman Reigns kick out of an AA, super AA, a double AA. Um, You know, that was just a bit too much. Um, Kicking out of just one regular AA in itself is a big deal. And yet to have him kick out of 
that super and double AA um, was just a bit too much for some people. So um, I, I, I get that. But, um, you know, that for me added some drama, especially the double AA, because everyone thought, right, that's it. That's it now. Um, he surely won the match. Um, and the reaction to that near four was fantastic and amazing. And um, I thought it had, you know, you know, good, you know, peaks and troughs in the match and um, you know, some nice little surprises um, along the way. Um, it didn't have, I mean, if you think back even more recently to something like um, a Cena versus Kevin Owens, obviously it wasn't um, this kind of built-up super match um, between two um, of the top stars in the company. Um, but the flow of that match, uh, those matches rather from a couple of years ago, um, were really, really superb. Had a really high energy to them, but at the same time, um, they were really, really well received. And I felt that um, other than the, the first five to eight minutes, um, they, the match started to really kick into gear and um, really uh, had a very high tempo to it. And the uh, fans reacted. Uh, in a very strong way, life. So uh, I, I thought it was really good. I, I didn't think it was, um, you know, a top end match of the year or anything like that. But um, I still thought, um, you know, it was a it was a very very good match. So, so what about you then, guy? Though I mean, we've heard what Moore said there, but because my feeling was it it, it was just if I go back to to Cena and, and AJ Styles, the kind of matches they were having, I felt like they were telling a story in the ring you know they, they weren't just having a match they were telling the story this didn't in a way the only story being that Cena was kind of handing the torch over here to Reigns mm. is is the theme of it but I didn't feel like they really sort of told the story in the ring they just kind of exchanged moves and and yeah there was some I felt like there were some nice spots but it, it didn't grab me I mean what what about you then what how did you take the match um I agree with a lot of what Moore said I think especially with the uh a casual fan base that did its job but I, I agree with you it di- it didn't grab my attention I think that may be down to the slow start as as Mo said it it did have a, a slow seven eight minute start and I think that obviously didn't help but um I think it was I think I'm just on the negative side of above average really I think it's hard to say that it was a match of the year as Moore said um, it was probably good um, maybe a bit disappointing because this is probably one of the best built matches in a, in a goddamn while um, it, it should have been better and what you said about AJ Styles I think that speaks more about how good AJ Styles is uh, than anything but I think it's fair to say it was it was decent but a bit disappointing Hmm. So more, I mean, as as I alluded to there, you know that this this really was kind of the passing of the torch um, in in some ways. That was, I think, the thing that really disappointed me the most. I've got to say was was not so much the match itself, but what happened afterwards. Because for a moment I got excited because there was a moment there where I thought, oh, is Roman Reigns, you know, as, as Cena holds his hand up, is Roman Reigns going to turn and clothesline him? And this place will just go absolutely wild. But they didn't. <laughs> they just did that kind of predictable thing. And it was like, so we basically just got Cena endorsing Roman Reigns. You know, is that what this was? This feud was just Cena 
a, a way for Cena to endorse Roman Reigns. And why do they think that that's going to work? You know, The Rock came out and endorsed uh, Roman Reigns, and they the crowd crapped all over that. So, you know, why would they suddenly take to him just because Cena's done it? I mean, am I being harsh there more? No, no, you're spot on. But uh, I think we can now come to the conclusion that they simply don't care. Because if they did, um, then they would have done something creative that, you know, really with fans um, engaged with, with um, what happened. And uh, instead it was simply, right, um, Roman Reigns won the match fair and square. Cena is going to run into, well, ride into the sunset again, um, do a few things in uh, Hollywood or um, TV. Um, come back in a few months' time, um, ready for WrestleMania season, probably around Rumble time. And, um, you know, in the meantime, um, here's a clean win for uh, Roman Reigns. But um, are we going to turn him heel? Oh, absolutely not, because, you know, we can't be having that. It would admit defeat to this audience, this bizarro world crowd. Um, we can't do that. You know, we have to be proven right. We were proven right with John Cena. It took us 12 years, but. In the end, they finally accepted him. And by hook or by crook, damn it, they will do the same with Roman Reigns. I mean, it, it's a bizarre logic, which, um, you know, if you're outside looking in, you just think he's absolutely balmy and crazy. But that's the way the WWE is, and Vince especially. And, you know, the more um, vociferous the booze become for Roman Reigns, the more stubborn Vince will be about... Um, how Roman Reigns is booked and presented. And, um, you know, it is obvious as it is that he needs to turn heel uh, to try and do something different with the reactions that he gets. Um, you know, what we saw with John Cena the last 12, 13 years suggests to me that they won't do anything with Roman Reigns other than to ca- carry on as they are. And as they carry on as they are, um, he'll continue to get those reactions. And um, he thinks that eventually... Um, it will click with the audience because they can't possibly be wrong. Sorry, the WWE can't possibly be wrong. It's the audience. We're the ones that are wrong. Um, and so we have to get used to Roman Reigns being um, who he is and we have to cheer for him. And um, you know, it, it is it is, um, it is, is just a really sad thing in a way for Roman Reigns because, you know, I mean, booing aside and, some of his other limitations aside, I think he's actually a heck of a talent. And, you know, the last couple of years, if you look at um, his body of work, some of the matches he's had and taken part in have been fantastic. And even if fans don't necessarily think this was one of them, um, you know, you can look back and point at numerous other contests that he's been a part of. And you can't simply say it was all down to the opponent. Um, Roman Reigns has had to play his part as well. And, um, the, the thing is, people are not necessarily booing him just because of match quality. It's because of um, the fact that they feel he's pushed as the chosen one. Um, apologies to David Moyes. But, uh, yeah. It, it, <laughs> well, then this will just they, make it worse because this is like, you know, the, for years the fans felt like Cena was pushed down their throat. And now they've got Cena. It feels like they've got Cena pushing reins down our throat. We've already had pushed down our throat. So it's... It, it's 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 a it's a strange logic. It, it is it is, um, but uh, you know it, we've seen it with um, 
John Cena and even to an extent with people before him. I mean, we saw it with Shawn Michaels, for example. Obviously, he was presented as a heel, but once Vince in particular set his mind on an individual to be the face of the company, to be the top dog, um, then there's little to sway um, the direction that he wants to take that character in. And, you know, he decided right from day one that John Cena would be this clean-cut baby face um, to usher in this new kind of PG era, um, post the Attitude era. And now we've got some of a hybrid where there's a bit of a um, an edgier PG, um, still not going full, fully back to the Attitude era, um, but a slightly, uh, you know, we have a bit of swearing, a little bit of blood. Um, it's all very 12A, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is. that's right. Yeah, PG-13 as it used to be known in the US. But um, yeah, it, it is subtly different to the John Cena era. Um, but again, they insist and persist with um, Roman Reigns as a, um, a a face, but one that has... It, it, he, he, there's subtle things about him that kind of suggest he's a bit of a tweener. So he'll cut promos which are a little bit heel-like. Um, just to kind of antagonise that section of the audience that will never accept him. Um, but he doesn't ever go fully-fledged heel because Vince doesn't want to pull that trigger because, as I said earlier, it would admit defeat to his audience and he doesn't want to admit to be defeat to that audience. Um, and there what is the arrogance there. What about you then, Guy? How did you take to the the, the aftermath of the match, I suppose, that, you know, the, that whole going on in the ring? Um, yeah, it was, it was a bit of a letdown. I mean, I don't think many, I wasn't expecting, I don't think anyone was expecting a heel turn, um, from either of them. I mean, if John Cena turned heel there, it would have been a lot more surprising. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, I think the worst thing is that they're seemingly running up out of opportunities to turn him heel because Cena's the last ready-made star and if he's buggering off till Royal Rumble WrestleMania season, we it's probably going to be another another wrestling calendar year where it's um it's it's going to affect Roman's career. I mean, he's obviously had a lot of good work. I mean, from his feud with AJ till Braun, it, he's done excellent work really, and uh, it's uh, running out of opportunity. Seen as the last ready-made star on the roster, probably because. There's no, there's no one unless they're bringing back a part timer. There's no one who can make Roman have such an impact. I mean, unless he can't do it with Brock, he could probably do it with Rock. Obviously, there's the family connection there, but Rock's not coming back anytime soon. Properly, uh, anyone else? No. <laughs> it, it, there's just not, not anything there. And it, it's. I, I don't know what the future is for Roman. Well, we we know how it's going to eventually lead to him versus Brock Lesnar, but in the meantime, I think we're just going to have to suffer through wasted potential. Really, mm. it's right. It's quite frustrating. And if I was Roman, I'd I'd be pretty much annoyed because when he was in the Shield, he did he he was a good heel for a point. And as a soul as a solo star, he he just seems like a natural heel to me. And it's just a bit, a bit disappointing, really. Yeah, <clears throat> I think that I think you both got it there. There's there's a missed opportunity, I think, because I, I think uh, you're only talking probably six months of a heel run 
would be great fun for him. I think it would get it all done, get it out the way. People would would get it done. They, you know, they get it out of the system and then they can move on and his character can move on. So, yeah, well, I don't think any of us <laughs> are now expecting it. Um, I think you mentioned that guy. That, that was probably the last opportunity. But, I mean, t- talking of, you know, people of heels turning or, or people turning heel and all the rest of it is... Is that what we've we've witnessed here with the cruiserweight championship? Is is this a fully fledged heel turn now from from Enzo Mori? You know, winning with the low blow and then all the the shenanigans at the end of Raw and 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 even even Neville turning babyface. Is, is that what we've got here, Mo? Um, it would appear so. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> I think we, when we talked about the uh, the match last week um, on the preview show, we did speculate that WWE might look to freshen things up with the uh, cruiserweight division, and um, that's part of the reason why they decided to take Enzo over to that division. Um, but no, I, I think it's um, it, it's something different. Look, I mean, the division is stagnant because, and it's not necessarily because of the talent that's there. Um, I mean, I've always said that I think that some of the talent they chose to add to that roster were not the best picks. Um, they had a few people that, a few too many people that really lacked charisma, personality beyond being able to have a decent match. And then there's various things, and we've discussed about you know some of the issues that they've had with Tower Five Live um, and the cruiserweight division more generally um, on a number of occasions. Um, but I've Personally, I haven't got a big problem with this like a lot of people have because at least they're trying to do something to add some interest and freshen things up within that division and that roster. Um, and yes, I mean, clearly Enzo is nowhere near the level of worker of a number of the people that are on that roster, um, but it's getting some attention. So let's just see how it goes. Um, you know, we're not going to be seeing five-star matches out of Enzo um, he's certainly not going to be delivering um, the calibre of work that somebody like Neville can, um, but it's something different. Uh, rather, they do something like that than allow the division to just wither away and die um, to land the direction it was really heading in until he, he came onto the roster. Uh, what about you then, Guy? I mean, Neville turning baby faces, is that a real disappointment? Because I think... I, there's almost been a natural kind of a little bit of a turn there. Cause I, I guess the crowd appreciated him so much. He was such a good heel that the, the crowd are actually beginning to love him. But mm. does that worry you him, t- him turning baby face, you know, do do we lose some of that character? Um, it, it depends if it's done right, basically, but it is the modern day WWE. So it's probably going to be done wrong. <laughs> um, it's it's a weird one because if if they're gonna run with this no contact clause, has has he been has he taken himself out of the cruiserweight division? I mean, is that is that may be the uh, the missing question here? It has Neville um, ascended the cruiserweight division because if this no contact clause, it it has multiple directions it can go. I mean, could Neville end up on SmackDown because he's broken a rule? Could could that work? I mean. Neville is and and has proven that he is better than unfortunately what is a sideshow. I mean, the, the obviously the feud there is with Enzo, but 
you could put any of those cruiserweight stars in in a spot with Enzo, and if Enzo is simply there to get more eyeballs on it, who's bet who better to have build a new star? Whereas Neville's already a star, so I think there's two ways to go about it. But I'm I'm all right with whatever Neville does because he's fantastic, and who 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 doesn't love an angry Geordie? <laughs> um, <laughs> He's been a rev. He has been a revelation. Yeah, he's he saved that division from being, the king. Yeah, yeah. the cruiserweights. Way, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> yeah. No, he, he has been very good, um, and he's he's been one of the highlights of the WWE as a whole in 2017 because um, you know uh, he, he'd obviously worked as a, a heel since he debuted on the main roster. And, um, you know, he's transformed his character, his look, um, the way he works even in the ring um, with uh, this heel run. And uh, he has been one of the best heels in the company. So all, all credit to him. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I, I, I will, if he does go fully fledged babyface and actually starts acting like a babyface, I will miss heel Neville. I will really miss him. Long live heel Neville. Right, so that just leaves our final match of the night. Uh, Brock Lesnar defending the Universal Championship against Baron Strowman. Uh, and more, I, I just want to get your thoughts on this one as well, is we had on Raw a couple of weeks back, Brock Lesnar deliver a suplex to Braun Strowman and Braun Strowman pops up and the crowd pop and go mad. And I, I just feel that, that that was a moment that should have been in this match, and it would have been a highlight of the match because I've got to say it was 10 minutes of very, very little. So it, it's, I think it, it that, you know, that little, uh, that little spot on Raw kind of took something away from this match and that this match actually really needed something like that. Yeah, it was overall uh, a big disappointment. I actually thought that, um, I mean, I didn't expect, obviously, a match to go 20 minutes and uh, then to have something of a slow burner type match because that's just not what Brock Lesnar does these days. You know, he has these uh, shorter, more explosive matches and, uh, you know, some of them, um, you know, work out really well. I mean, you know, if you think back to... uh, you know, a couple of the Goldberg matches, um, you know, they were very short and sweet, but uh, incredibly memorable. And, um, you know, I thought that they'd come up with something really smart for this one between these two. And, I mean, I predicted the title change, and I think that was part of the issue here. Um, I think a lot of fans were really geared up towards seeing Braun Strowman become the champion at last. Um, you, know, you know, we talk about... Um, sliding doors moments and I thought this was one of them whereby you know Strowman had built up so much momentum the last several months in the last several weeks in particular that uh, if he won in this match um, I don't think any fan would have complained and said oh Strowman wasn't ready for a title run it's too early um, it really felt right and you know WWE should have seized that opportunity and um, gone with it and you know Maybe the plan was, okay, let's hold it off until next year um, or maybe even until Survivor Series, um, but let's keep the title on Brock just yet. I didn't think that that was um, the right thing to do. Um, just, 
as a telltale sign, um, I mean, I spot little things like this. Um, and, you know, we talked about how Brock Lesnar, um, you know, has gone on to the drug testing regime for USADA, which uh, increased speculation he might be heading back into UFC. His physique certainly looks softer and smaller than it did certainly at WrestleMania. Um, so I thought, okay, well, maybe that's a sign that he is definitely heading back into MMA and UFC pretty soon. Um, so I got a bit excited then. I thought, okay, great. We're definitely seeing a title change. Uh, but that appeared to be not the case. I think that it's likely we'll probably see something at, um, Survivor Series with a title switch. But for me, it was a big, big missed opportunity, just like we talked about with Reigns and his heel turn earlier on. I thought now was the time. Now is the moment to do something and change the title and go in that direction with Strowman and, and just see where you go because what harm is there in doing that? You know, um, yeah. Strowman's built up so much momentum this year. Um, and it only took one F5 to beat him. Exactly, yeah. Especially after all those uh, kickouts um, just two matches earlier. So um, He survived was, a truck, man. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a good point. No, isn't it? Because that's that's still in the psyche of the fans. They've witnessed those matches between Roman Reigns and Braun Strowman, where they were doing all sorts of things to each other, you know, through through ambulance doors and all the rest of it. And he comes through all of that, but one F five, and he's done. Well, we went from a kick out fest to one and done. <laughs> it was, uh, it's just as you have said, it's it's the wrong decision and. It's a wasted opportunity, and I think, I, I can't remember who I saw it on Twitter, but at the end of the match, you saw Braun Strowman lent up against the uh, announcer's table looking vulnerable. It's it's killed probably nearly a year's worth of building. It, it's stupid. Braun Strowman's not meant to be vulnerable. He's a freak. As as I said, he survived a truck getting, or an ambulance getting backed into a truck, and then what just buggered off. It's stupid. It really is. I mean, they did a better job. I don't know if it was just because Samoa Joe's really good, but or or Heyman has a relationship with Samoa Joe or somewhat. But they did a better job with Samoa Joe against Brock, and that that helped. That helped Samoa Joe get over, and unfortunately got injured and all that. But all this has done for Strowman is kill his momentum. And I I don't know where Strowman goes from this. I mean, it'd probably be it'd probably be more interesting to see where Moore thinks it's speculating because I speculated he may get put into this Shield reunion bullshit because I don't think the Mistarage can be an actual feud. So, wh- what do you think's next for Strowman? Uh, well, j- just on that more than just on what the guy's saying there, then effectively, as has the monster of amongst men just become a man? The big show. <laughs> It certainly knocked, uh, knocked him down a notch or two, that's for sure. I mean, there's, there's no getting away from that. And then clearly, um, the fact that Brock wasn't there on, um, the show, I think that, uh, the involvement that Strowman had with Ambrose, and obviously he's got a match, um, next week with Seth Rollins, suggests that they're looking to do something, um, else with Strowman for the time being. But I think they have to go back to, um, Strowman and Lesnar. Um, it didn't feel like it was um, something that had reached its conclusion. And we, we've seen matches like, you know, um, Finn Balor and, or future rather, Finn Balor and Bray Wyatt, where we think it's done, but then they still carry on with it. So um, by the same token, I, th- I think they have to go back to Lesnar and Strowman. Um, 
because Strowman is the one guy of the last several years who, you know, they've developed out of nothing into potentially a bona fide main event headline star who the fans accept. Um, and, you know, it's been a while since they've achieved that. So, you know, when they've got all of those stars aligning and they bring someone through to become a top star that the fans want to see in that kind of role and are happy to accept in the way that the WWE betrays them, then they've got to, um, you know, accept that and run with it. And uh, that's why it was really bizarre why they felt that they shouldn't put the title on him. I thought um, it was the perfect moment, perfect opportunity, and they dropped the ball big time. And, um, you know, I think that that wasn't the reason why the match itself was poor. Uh, well, it, it wasn't necessarily a poor match. It was, I'd say, described as an average match. Um, but certainly the expectations were that, you know, it, it could have been, you know, really something quite um, special in its own little way. And um, it fell well short of expectations. And uh, I think they've got to now make up for it, at, at hopefully, at the Survivor Series. Yeah, well, we, we mentioned last week that we thought it, it, we didn't expect it to be like a classic one-on-one wrestling match, but it could be spectacular. And it was just anything but that. Uh, and curious, you mentioned that you know you you build a star that the fans accept. You got to go with it. it. It's it's like the polar opposite with the with the Roman Reigns thing. You know that they seem to refuse to turn Reigns, yet but they seem to keep persisting with trying to get across that Braun Strowman is this monster heel when the fans just keep cheering him. Now they're putting him up against two popular guys. You know, as all you know, we want you to boo him, but the fans still keep cheering him. I mean, I just find this all really curious. Oh yeah, I mean, the thing is, I mean, to the that hardcore audience, um, you know, he's somebody who's this big guy. He's not a classic worker. He's not a um, guy who came through the indies, but um, you know, he's he's got that kind of throwback feel to him, which is why he's gotten over so big. And, um, he, um, you know, ironically, he's gotten really over with that kind of more hardcore audience. And we saw some of that reaction at SummerSlam, um, where he was really over. And we'll see, see even more, um, at the Royal Rumble and possibly the Survivor Series, but certainly the Rumble, where again, there's a big, big turnout of that audience. And, um, you know, um, they'll, that audience will feel quite disappointed, disgruntled that, um, one of their new, um, favourites in Strowman um, didn't p- get put over, and when they feel that they see injustices like that, as they see it, um, you know, they rally even more behind people like that. And we saw that with Daniel Bryan, if you think back several years ago, um, especially at Rumbles, they almost insistent that he won, and when he didn't, um, you know, they were absolutely fuming when you know, you know, uh, uh, Daniel Bryan would get um, eliminated from the Rumble matches. Um, and they were obviously rooting for him to win. And that was obviously um, the thing that really kick-started this whole anti-Roman uh, Reigns backlash several years ago. Um, so could, I think could we, sorry, you say, could we possibly see then them hold off on, um, on Strowman, you know, have him win the Rumble and he gets validated at WrestleMania? Well, that could be the other thing. And, um, you know, if that's the... Uh, the kind of thinking that let's actually hold it off till um, WrestleMania, um, then I can understand that as well because clearly he's somebody who's really getting over big time 
And, um, you know, if you think ahead to WrestleMania, what are the really big matches that they can go with? And, um, you know, they've, they've, yeah, yeah. Um, they've, they've delivered a couple of obvious ones. Um, but, uh, you know, I mean, Reigns, Lesnar, I mean, they've, they've been there in the past. And, you know, I, I think if you polled, um, the WWE audience, I think a lot of them would prefer to see Strowman against Lesnar. Um, they'd like to see, uh, Strowman going for redemption and trying to get that win. And, you know, that I think be the, the best thing game. would be to do is triple threat in that situation because we've seen all the single matches, all the singles matches um, separately, and obviously with a main event at WrestleMania, you want you want at least a bit of length to it. And Lesnar only seems to have twenty minute matches when it's a fatal four way or a triple threat, and it, his best matches have probably come in in uh, more than two more than one v one matches. So I think I think if Strowman won the Royal Rumble. That that kind of makes him a star, and then I I don't want to see that match again in a main event at WrestleMania because I think it could go poorly. But if they if they had if they had just Reigns v Lesnar, I think they'd shit all. I think the fans would just crap all over it, really. <laughs> yeah, I think they will um, because you know, I mean it's just a match that. Well, the point is there's a, there's a match that fans would much rather see, you know, and they want to see Strowman. Um, in that mat, or certainly that main event mix, and you know, even if they go with triple threat, plus um, you know, Reigns would win, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, you know, obviously, there's, as I mentioned before, you know, there's also that kind of UFC, um, MMA um, dimension to the whole situation as well. Mm. And if Brock, you know, does disappear, you know, whether it's in a couple of months' time or four months' time, was it was it Christmas time last year when he? Was it 200 he appeared at? I can't remember. Um, I think it was, yeah. Um, yeah. And that was against Mark, Mark Hunt, Hunt, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Now, um, there was speculation that he would be facing John Jones, um, you know, at the <laughs> not but that's clearly not going to happen now. Um, so they'll have to find somebody else for Brock Lesnar. they in the WWE, it'd be fair. <laughs> Well, that's a good point, actually. Yeah, they could always. Uh, they can't do it in UFC because of um, steroid versus steroid. They, they could <laughs> hell in a jail cell match. Steroids on a pole match or something. Oh, <laughs> that's the one. A road rage match. Yeah. <laughs> oh my word. Uh, no, I, I think with Strowman though, um, you know, they have to build that momentum back up because. It certainly took a, a dent in it. I mean, it's certainly not um, something that can't be salvaged, though. And I think they can, um, but they they need to do something positive with Strowman. Um, mate, uh, clearly they won't do it straight away, um, but certainly around Survivor Series time onwards, um, they need to start doing something because you know he, he's somebody that they've somebody that's special um, that they've got their hands on, and uh, you know, they need to make things right because um, it, it certainly um, was something that suffered a bit of damage in terms of his uh, momentum and uh, uh, ho- hopefully that will be put right. I mean, they can't be that stupid, surely. There are, the, there are a couple of screw-ups away from just creating the successor to late late version of Big Show, aren't they? <laughs> Whereas they could, they could have a proper... They could have the new Brock Lesnar on the hands, really. But... It, it could go two ways. Yeah, well, it, 
yeah, potentially even bigger than that, you know. Um, mm. you know, he, he's somebody who's got real genuine um, uh, crossover appeal that, you know, can extend outside of, you know, the typical wrestling fan base because, you know, if you look at the guy, he just looks incredible. He's even more of a freak than Brock Lesnar. I mean, he towers mm. over Brock, physically bigger, and uh, he's got this really unique and look about th- The best thing is that he seemingly... He's seemingly a better character than Brock Lesnar because Brock Lesnar seemingly fell out of love with WWE and seems anti-social, whereas Braun Strowman seems one of the like like the Miz. He's ready to do the the extra stuff out of the ring for WWE. Oh yeah, that's right. He's somebody who doesn't um, really look at the wrestling business as just a job, and mm. Brock clearly does and. Uh, he, he talked about that when he was on the Stone Cold podcast um, a year or two ago. Um, you know, he didn't really grow up as a fan of it, and it's essentially just a job. He, it's a job he clearly enjoys because, you know, he, he has the opportunity to work in UFC a couple of times a year, potentially make more money than I, I think he does in WWE. But um, he'd rather stick with WWE because, um, you know, he means that he doesn't get smashed in the face. Um, and. Uh, <laughs> Instead, do that to other people like Randy Orton. So, um, I think he, I think he does genuinely like enjoy it. it when he gets a chant going. Like you could see it on his face. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When, he, Suplex, he when Suplex City bitch came out, he was loving that. Yeah, <laughs> he, he's got Paul Heyman by his side. He's having yeah, exactly. Right. Makes it even easier. <laughs> so, just to sum things up, then, uh, no mercy from you two guys. Um, thumbs up, down in the middle. Where are you on it, uh, guy? Oh, I think thumbs down is a bit harsh. I'd probably go in between down and middle. What What about yourself, then, Mo? I agree. Um, I thought there were a couple of really, really good matches, a couple of more that were pretty good as well. Um, but the booking decisions um, let it down, so that's why I have to go middle. How about yeah. you, Andy? Yeah, I'm somewhere similar, around about middle, just maybe just below. It was, um, I, I think it was maybe that I felt a little let down. It wasn't, you know, the build was great, but the, the show wasn't as good as the build. So there you go. <laughs> anyway, that that wraps up this uh, episode of the Pro Wrestling Index right here on the AI Podcast channel. Uh, of course, thanks to... Uh, to Guy for stepping in and uh, carrying us through. It's all right. It's all right. <laughs> and Thank and thanks and oh thank uh, my thanks as of course to uh, to more for joining us and uh, adding that uh, expert opinion there. Just coming in part timer coming in at the main event. Uh, more will be back for uh, for Survivor Series and then again stealing, the Rumble. Stealing my spotlight. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. And after that, maybe just WrestleMania once a week. <laughs> <laughs> Speak to you in April more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so my thanks to Mo and and to Guy, and of course our thanks to all of you, the listeners, for listening in, hitting that download button, and and just being a part of the show, what we do here. And of course, as always, if you do want to get in touch with us, don't forget. We are on Twitter at PW underscore index. Uh, but until next week, 
or next time from me andy wills here at the pw index it's bye-bye now hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.